Extraordinary. Leader. Innovative. Integrity. Honest. Courageous. Curious. Thoughtful. Brave. Unafraid. There is a place where technology and art meet, where work and play are one and the same. When the threads of curiosity are pulled in this place, the spark of innovation ripples across industries. Those who make this place their home are giants, titans who pursue creative passion while leaving their mark. Creative. Flexible. Brilliant. Clever. Confident. They are courageous thought leaders set on changing the practice of dentistry and their corner of the world. More than the sum of their parts, we deconstruct the traits that bind these uncommon innovators. Humble, daring, disciplined, playful, principled, spontaneous. To discover what makes them contrary to ordinary, where we explore the extraordinary. Hi there. I'm Dr. Kim Cooch, host and founder at Carry Free. I'm fascinated by what makes the paradigm shifters, world shakers, and art makers tick. Let's embark on a journey. Extraordinary is a place where ordinary people choose to exist. Together, we will trek the peaks of possibility, illuminate the depths of resilience, and navigate the boundless landscape of innovation. To discover how some of the most innovative dentists and thought leaders unlock their potential, and became extraordinary. On this season of Contrary to Ordinary, we explore the motivation, lives, and character of the innovators who see limitless potential around them. The people behind some of the largest paradigm shifts in the practice of dentistry and beyond. Welcome to a very special holiday episode of Contrary to Ordinary. Today I'm going to take a little time to reflect on some of my favorite extraordinary conversations from 2023. I began my podcast journey in March this year on a mission to learn more about what makes someone extraordinary. I feel like I've gained a lot of insight and inspiration during the last 10 months, and I really hope you have too. As we often do on this show, I'd like to start at the beginning with one of my favorite dentist origin stories. Sometimes we have someone inspiring in our family who is there in the profession right at the beginning of our journey. For the former co-founder and director of the Clinical Research Associates Foundation, Dr. Rella Christensen, it was her uncle. My dad only had one brother, okay. and, and this was the dentist. Okay. He needed help in his office uh, one year, and I was... Uh, about 15 years old at uh -huh. that time. And so I, I lived with him. Uh, he had a beautiful home in Palos Verdes, and his practice was in Redondo Beach. I worked there doing operatory cleanup and, and instrument disinfection. All the, all the grunt work, yeah. And uh, he had a laboratory technician with a, a really nice lab right there in his office and used to like to play around. You know, in those days, they would dribble a little mercury into your hand and you could play with it. <laughs> <laughs> My uncle was very much a mentor. He, he really wanted children and couldn't have them. Right. And uh, so he was very involved with both my brother and myself. He was an excellent dentist. He had excellent hand-eye coordination and he was a a perfectionist. I was going to say, so excellence mm -hmm. was important to him. That's a word that was important to dentistry in those days. Yeah, oh, for sure. You know, it's a word that, that has uh, 
become less used today. I hate to say it's disappeared. I mean, we judged our success and failure by how tight our restoration margins were, right? Well, you know, this was the age of cast gold. Right. Oh, yeah. And uh, yes, they used silver amalgam, but my uncle went to USC and they prided themselves on on gold work yeah. uh, there. And, and he was a master with it. Wow. That definitely rubbed off. So you went to USC as well. I did. And you got a hygiene degree. I did. That particular profession was suggested by my uncle. Bear in mind, this would have been, I graduated from high school in 1956. And uh, in California at that time, they were just crying out for dental hygienists, Uh uh, the dentists in the state. So he really encouraged that. I wouldn't have known a thing about it had it not been for my uncle. Right. So he kind of nudged you in that direction. Once I knew that I couldn't be a medical illustrator, uh, I was looking for something where I could use my hands and do something. Maybe help people in the process. I really wanted to do that. I love this story because I think it shows how much family, encouragement, and mentorship can influence us early in our lives. Without her uncle, Rella might not be who she is today or have helped the people that she's helped. However, not everyone who enters the profession has or had a parent or family member who was a dentist. Sometimes the extraordinary family members that light our way have beaten the odds and inspire with their tenacity and vision. Take Dr. Doug Young professor emeritus at the University of Pacific. He only found out about his father's extraordinary journey from China to the U.S. after he had passed away. One year after he got here at age 12, his father passed away. So he was basically homeless in Chinatown in San Francisco at the age of 13. So he's 13, he's in a foreign country, he is basically orphaned in a country that he didn't speak the language, and he's on his own and he's homeless. I can't imagine. It's more amazing because I didn't know a thing about this. I learned of this at his death. Somebody at the memorial stood up and talked about his early childhood, and I'm going, oh my gosh, why didn't he ever mention this to me? He had every opportunity to jab at me when I wanted a new bicycle or something. He could have said, hey, I was homeless at 13. (laughs) Right. What happened to him after that then? According to the story that was told, he was uh, selling newspapers on the corner in Chinatown. And his elementary school teacher walked by and asked him, what are you doing? Why are you on the street? And she took him in, basically. And then his life was meager as far as he didn't have the opportunity to go to college. He picked fruit with the farm workers to make some money. He immediately joined the Naval Air Station to serve the military. And there was another story that he told at the memorial where he fell off a plane that he was fixing and broke his arm. And the next week, his uh, platoon shipped out and not many of them came back. What an extraordinary journey. Imagine only finding this out about your own dad after he had died. I would have so many questions. 
Not everyone is lucky enough to have extraordinary people in their family to inspire them or a clear direction of who and what they want to be. Some people just know that they want to help people. Michelle Hudson, CEO and founder of Integrative Dental Coaching, had a difficult upbringing, but found direction in her love for other people. I didn't know what I wanted to do, except I knew I wanted to nurture people and I was going to love people really, 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 really well. And if you know me now, that's uh-huh. still something that I say. I really just want the opportunity to love people really, really well. And I have this, you know, great opportunity. One, you know, was, you know, through friendship initially and then being a mom and, oh, That's like the greatest gift. You ask me, you know, what am I most grateful for? I am grateful that the Lord gave me my gentle giant and trusted me to love him so well and grow him into a loving, kind, smart young man. And then third, dentistry. And, uh, you know, some people giggle at that, like, who loves dentistry? (laughs) And, uh, well, we do. And... uh, We get to make so many people feel cared for and really have so many, even from our patients to the people who make up our profession, Uh make a difference. Yeah. Feels good. My faith is the core of who I am. I think we just love people for who they are and try and bring out their strengths. Maybe they don't see them because I feel like that's what happened to me. I've been gifted people who really showed me what my gifts were, and I'm grateful for them. So yeah, I think every day when I wake up, I pray to be an example of the Lord and goodness and, uh, and love people where they're at. You have to love people where they're at. That's a piece of advice I think we can all get behind. Speaking of advice, there's been a lot of it that has resonated with me personally over the last year. However, a real gem came from keynote speaker and coach Stephanie Staples. Work harder on yourself than on anything else and everything else will be better. Too many people, they're waiting for the boss, the government, the wife, the pit, whatever, to try and share some to change. No, just work on yourself. Everything else is going to get better. She also advises living intentionally and not just assuming that other people have had an easy journey. So I'm just saying, before we just let those words roll out of our lips, oh, it must be nice, oh, it's easy for them, oh, it... You know, maybe, but maybe also they have planned this and worked toward this and are leaning into what they love. And if there is something you love, maybe you can't do it to the nth degree, but maybe you can do it to some degree. So just because we really like doing things at eight, nine, 10, I am here waving the flag for like four, five, and six. Like, what can you do at four, five, and six? I don't know. I've had a lot of luck with four, five, and six. Even before creating this life that has been very intentional is creating a me that's very intentional. Mm-hmm. That it's like, well, I don't like that person that I was before, and I want to create a me that I want to spend the rest of my life with. And all of a sudden, you know what? People find that me really interesting now and really fun to be around. And right. nobody invited me on a podcast when I was a, before, <laughs> right? But I created a me that I wanted to be around, which led me uh, capable to create a life that I want to live. Yeah. I, I think I'm hearing from you also a level of self-awareness. You had the episode where you crashed in the basement floor. Being able to wake up from that and go, 
something is wrong. Something seriously wrong with my life, and I need to make a change. I got to figure out what that is. But being self aware enough to say, I'm not happy, or I don't feel centered in what I'm doing, and then say, I want to make this change and I, and I want to proceed forward and go do that. I think self awareness is probably a trait of extraordinary people. It seems like Stephanie's peers welcomed the change in her. But sometimes other people don't agree with what you say or do. For many of my guests, this has also been the case in their professional lives. Quite a few of them have had to battle back against the dogma of dentistry and academia with the arrows in the back as proof. I've experienced this myself and I know it can really rock your confidence. The extraordinary thing is being able to get back up again and stand your ground. One person who has had to stand his ground repeatedly is Dr. Philip D. Marsh, Professor Emeritus of Oral Microbiology at the School of Dentistry at the University of Leeds in the UK. This is his story. We published a paper where we'd done a local study with school children looking at uh, the microbes in dental plaque and we published this, and one of our conclusions was there was evidence that strep mutans wasn't inevitably associated with demineralization, and therefore other bacteria could be involved. Sometime later, I got through the mail a letter from the editor, which was from a very distinguished Canadian oral microbiologist who wrote a rather forceful letter criticizing our publication and finished with that the failure of me to adhere to some of the principles has inevitably led to the conclusion of microbial non-specificity in the initiation of lesions. Unfortunately, such papers unnecessarily confuse many readers and, in my opinion, have been damaging to the progress of the science. So as a young research worker, this was an unbelievable shock. And it was, again, one of those sort of blows to your self-confidence. You wonder if you're going in the right direction or not. We did write a robust reply. And I said, on the contrary, we believe that an open mind and the application of novel and more precise approaches to the study of a disease with a complex multifactorial etiology will lead eventually to greater advances in the field of cariology. And hopefully that's what we've done. The road to wider acceptance is sometimes long. However, there are some influential people in our field who have a more open mind toward things they don't immediately understand or know. I was so lucky to have one of these people, Dr. John Coyce, director of the Coyce Center, as my very first guest on this podcast. His approach to education and challenging business as usual is truly inspiring. What I tried to do at the center to be fair and respectful is I preferred to be a game changer rather than an expert regurgitator. And to do that, I would say to move that needle requires quite a bit of responsibility to take oh, yeah. the arrows. But I feel that's what you meant when I talked about if you show me the data, I'll change or right. prove me wrong, is I feel more comfortable 
with the data now and more secure on those platforms to be able to do that. People get very uncomfortable with skepticism uh, when you're learning something new. And, you know, that shouldn't be the, the part that really worries people. You should, I feel... When I listen to somebody, even when they, what they're saying is very different, my first inclination is, why could that be right? Right. And I embrace the skepticism and I continue to see if it, it creates some kind of logic that moves me to what people call the second level of being quizzical. Right. I was going to say right. curiosity, curiosity. Is, so is, the, is the key there, is right? the key. And if you're starting to now ask questions that seem to be answered in what makes sense or the data makes sense, we move to the third level of learning, which is called agreement. And, you know, now you can sort of embrace what might be new, but nothing changes until you get to the fourth level, which is called commitment. You have to have ownership to what that is, whether it's whatever thing you do in life, whether it's controlling your health or being on some fitness program or whatever you do, it takes a level of discipline to move that needle. And those pieces are what creates the difference between it being just education that stays on the table and nothing happens right. with actually doing something in your life. and. Right. Making it life-changing. What That's what I feel is what we're trying to do at the center, and right. we don't always hit the mark, but right. it's not just about knowing better, it's doing better. And if you don't know better, you can't do better. Yeah. And if you know better and you don't do better, you feel worse about yourself. In the end, we all follow our own path. It's a real blessing if we have or have had a life that we can look back on and say, I'm proud of that. In Galatians 6, verses 4 and 5, the Apostle Paul says, Each one of us should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. The holidays and the coming of the new year are also times when we think about what's next. We are given the occasion to dream a little, creating resolutions for what we'd like to achieve in the coming year and beyond. I'd like to close this holiday episode by talking a little bit about what it means to follow your dreams and persevere with them. But before we hear the last word from Dr. John Featherstone, the retired Dean of Dentistry at the University of California, San Francisco, I'd like to wish you all a peaceful holiday season. Thank you so much for coming on this journey with me. And I look forward to bringing you more extraordinary conversations in the new year. Now, let's hear from John. Follow your dreams. I've followed my dreams. I've had some really weird dreams over the years, and I've followed them. But the corollary to that is, and I used to say this to the students, if you come to a fork in the road, which we all do, take it. And they would look at me and say, Dr. Featherstone, what on earth are you talking about? And I'd say, think about it. Let me add to that. Take it and don't look back. In other words, make your choice, follow your dreams. You might have two dreams and you follow one of them, 
don't turn around and come back and don't ever think about what would have happened if, because that's totally non-productive. And don't forget the people who matter to you the most.